Are you curious how top real estate agents achieve work-life balance? Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Cyrus Suraj. But before we get to Cyrus, just I actually got a, qu- a quick announcement for you. Well, before the announcement, I want to say thank you, of course, to everyone listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Support our sponsors. Please tell a friend, like, and subscribe. Okay, here's the announcement. Um, we This is kind of embarrassing to admit. I've had a million different social media experts on the show over the years to tell agents exactly how they should be ramping up their social activity and engagement. And I myself have not done it as well. So if you're out there listening to some of our episodes and going, gosh, I need to take some of that and put it into practice. Uh, yeah, I do this. I need to do the same. So finally, after five or six years of the show, we are going to start clipping our episodes and putting those on social media. So what that means is, you know, each of our episodes is usually like 45 minutes to an hour long. And obviously not everybody listens to every minute of that hour. And as much as we would love it, if they did, of course, people are busy. So what we're going to do is we we have I've now hired somebody to start going through the episodes. Yes, we are going to continue to release full episodes and that's where the majority of you are going to listen. But we wanted to give you some of the highlights of those. So we're going to find the best uh, segments or the best moments of the show, usually 30 to 60 second clips. And we're going to be pushing those out on all the social platforms, including TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn. I think I just said LinkedIn twice. Facebook, of course, as well. So anyway, everywhere, we're going to start pushing out these short form clips. Stay tuned. We'll be doing an official launch for that shortly and would love your support there. So hopefully that'll help you kind of uh, remember these like important little tips and tricks uh, distilled down to 30 and 60 second clips. So again, We'll be promoting that shortly once we officially launch it, and I'll be talking a lot about our social channels to help get you guys subscribed to that so that you can get daily doses of some of this information. And we have about 500 episodes to go back through and clip out, so we got a lot of content. So anyway, this was a long intro. I appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. Some really exciting things happening uh, on the show. And let's get to it. Our main event, I've kept you long enough, my conversation with Cyrus Suraj.
today on the show, we have Cyrus Suraj with MG Group Chicago with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Uh, let me tell you more about Cyrus. Now, Cyrus joined the MG Group. By the way, if you're a local Chicago person, that's the Mario Greco Group. You might know it by that name. Uh, but he joined uh, the Mario Greco Group in 2016. He was born and raised in Chicago and the Northwest suburbs and spent most of his childhood alongside his father rehabbing apartment buildings and single family homes. Cyrus graduated with a Bachelor of Science from Loyola University and later, attend, uh, later attained a JD from Loyola's School of Law with a focus in real estate. Since 2004, Cyrus has focused on commercial and residential sales, leasing and management, alongside 10 years of experience as a loan originator and processor, and brings an all-basis covered approach to his clients to ensure the highest quality of representation. Uh, Cyrus, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Great to be here. Great to have you. So you went from rehabbing homes with with your father to then going and getting your your law degree and and back into real estate, sort of going or doing mortgages and then kind of. So you've been you've been involved in the real estate industry ever ever since you were you were little. Ever since I was uh, mowing the lawn for my dad at uh, twelve in front of the apartment buildings. Yes. <laughs> Sure. Well, tell us how you got, how you decided to, so when you went to law school, was that, was the thought, were, were you a real, wanting to be a real estate attorney or were you wanting to go a different direction with law? Uh, well, I'll tell you the truth. I was actually pre-med, uh, in undergrad. I wanted to be a doctor. Um, by the time I got to my senior year and actually started volunteering in the hospitals and, um, you know, got employed as an EMT and was out in the field, I realized I, I don't have the uh, stomach for this. I'm, you know, I, I've come to respect uh, physicians and what they do, and um, you know, I just wasn't uh, the right fit for me. And then I went into finance with my father. He, he's a self-made man, so he started yeah. his own mortgage brokerage. Um, so straight out of college, even during college, I was helping him out. Um, I'm a num kind of a numbers guy. I, I love math. Um, that's where you know my. My skills are strongest, so I, I was enjoying doing finance with him for several years. Um, you know, back then you didn't need uh, an originator's license, and it was kind of uh, the wild west, if you recall. So, of course, I got into brokering real estate transactions at the same time. You know, the glory days: finance the deal, broker the deal, sure. um, get some experience on that front as well. Um, actually, didn't go to law school until. The market crashed in 08, uh, had a couple zero quarters and realized I might need another career. Um, that's when I, I got into that. And um, fortunately, I, you know, with my passion for real estate, uh, by the time I finished school, the market had rebounded a bit and I was able to kind of get some traction again and decided, okay, I didn't necessarily want to become an attorney. So um, I was happy to get back into the real estate field um, just with another kind of tool in the tool belt, another skill. Um, you know, I do feel there's a lot of value in having experience in, uh, in all the facets of a real estate transaction. So that was just one more kind of check on, on the box uh, of what I could help advise on, not taking the role of an attorney, not taking the role of a, a loan officer, but at least being a soundboard for, for my clients if they do want a second opinion or want to bounce ideas off me, you know, is this, does this at least sound right to you or, um, you know, trusting in my referrals a little bit more, knowing that I have that background and some experience in, in those fields. 
Yeah, it's amazing. You you really it's it's incredible that it's incredible to go just back to college for a second because I, I did the pre-med thing for a, one semester. And then I was like, oh, this is really, really a difficult track. And thankfully got out before I got into like organic and inorganic chemistry. And you made it all the way through those and then we're like, nah, I'm good, um, which is amazing. And then the same thing with law um, and mortgage, it's like real estate just kept sort of bringing you back in. And I, I love that. And here you are now. I also, I, I really want to chat with you because you have a kind of an interesting trajectory. I think we were talking about this. Well, we actually didn't talk about this ahead of time, but you, you'd sent this over and some information that we requested. And I, I thought this was particularly interesting because, um, you know, this idea of, of the, one of the big questions that our audience is always asking when they write this in all the time to us, which is, you know, Hey, I'm an individual practitioner and I'm thinking about either starting a team or joining a team. And of course, you know, there's depending on you know what what their goals are and how long they've been in the business and where they're struggling and all of those things would sort of help somebody make a better decision around that but you've done both and you've done it in a, in a way that's i think kind of unique so I, i'm really interested in digging into that a little bit so if i understand correctly the first 11 years of your career you were solo practitioner uh and then in the last eight years you joined the mario greco team which again our mario greco group i should say rather um which is by the way here in chicago one of the preeminent groups uh highly respected great people um they've got an amazing team they're one of, they're one of the big boys here in chicago um so i'm excited to learn what it was like on your own and obviously you were successful there and then making figuring out that oh i think i do want to be involved with with a larger group and i'm just curious on any advice you might have to people who are thinking about that but let's start at the beginning so you started out uh, as an individual you know independent agent um and then tell tell us how that process went you know like as you were growing and then at what point did you sort of say i think it's time that i i get some additional resources and support and think about joining a team sure um started and kind of went in the reverse direction that most people go i think yeah i was gonna say yeah in this day and age they they join a team because they feel it's it's necessary they want the accelerated learning curve they need to build a book um and need opportunities that a team leader can provide and then you know mentality being i i hit a certain threshold that i can go out on my own and you know retain more of my commission right i mean that's kind of the model and and a lot of brokerages are are kind of built around that model and start getting recruited once you hit a certain threshold by those brokerages hey keep 100 percent of your your commissions yeah. i get 58 of those emails a day and i'm sure we all I, do i we have one i i work at one of those firms and that's what i do all day is send those kind of emails so i <laughs> i i i i i appreciate that as well yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't so much a voluntary thing it was just again working with my father who had his own yeah. business and i just that's how i got into into the game. sure um, so I didn't make that conscious decision. And I think back when I started in 04, there was teams, the team model wasn't as prevalent anyway. So I, I, it wasn't even something on my radar. I just figured, okay, you start with your sphere and you build off that. You've got friends, you've got family and you, you just generate, um, all you can. And I just kept hitting roadblocks that I think we all, um, at some point have become accustomed to at this point. Um, there's something to be said about working with family and friends. Um, there's a certain divide of, um, I guess, trust um, and perception. Know, do they perceive you as a friend or a professional? Um, I think that's that 
is a major barrier in in the way you advise people. And sometimes they're they, they may feel there's some bias to that. They may not actually take what you say as um, professional guidance and credible um, advice, as opposed to just you know talking more casually. And you know, that that was something that kind of hindered my progress. Um, and then again, resourcefulness. Um, I, I I learned quickly that um, being able to be that all bases cover type of uh, professional is, is is really invaluable to retaining clients in the long term. Um, that's something that I, you know, I struggled with. I mean, one person can only be uh, in front of in one place at one time on the on one call at one at, at any given moment. Um, so I didn't, you know, I was getting stretched too thin essentially, um, and it was just tough to service my clients the way they deserve to be serviced. And um, they, they, I could tell that they started to feel that. Um, I, they weren't my only client, and that's what I tried to. Um, that that's that's where I wanted to evolve my my practice into that that type of feeling. That um, you know, the best analogy I can give is uh, everyone has two types of friends. The type of friend where you may lose touch for two years, and when you reconnect, it's it's like nothing. You know, time hasn't moved. Um, and then there's other people that you feel like if you don't continually nurture and keep in contact with, um, that friendship will kind of fade. And that's how I kind of look at my business model now. I, I want that type of connection with all the clients that I that I meet and work with. Um, and I want them to feel that type of bond um, and that I'm that resourceful to them. I want to become their go-to for, for more than just um, one transaction, which may take only two to three months. Um, you know, this is a lifelong relationship type of business, and I I stick with that um, philosophy wholeheartedly. And what I did learn was working on your own. It's just it's tough. It's tough to build that type strength of a bond um, because you you're just pulled in multiple directions. You don't have any support. Right. Um, and people do get that sense. So people are, you know, a lot smarter than you may think, just because they may not be quite as educated in real estate. Um, they, you know, they they have that sense, and they can kind of pick up on, um, you know, how much attention and how much focus you're able to give them at any given time. And if they need uh, more attention and they need more guidance, and you're not available to provide it, um, that's when you're at risk of. Uh, you know, losing them to, to someone who can give them the service that they need. Yeah, that's it's where it's where teams really shine these days is not just solving challenges for agents who maybe are struggling, but also um, you know struggling to for new business or or for whatever reason agents might consider joining a team. But really, this idea you're right about your client as an individual practitioner without a team, your clients might start to notice, hey. Um, Boy, Cyrus seems really busy, and they're not necessarily going to say that to you because that takes a different level of sort of vulnerability for a client to say that. And usually, most clients aren't going to say that to your face, but they might be saying it to their partner, who you know is is you know on you know also helping with the transaction. And so you're you're right that sometimes agents don't even realize, like you were saying, sometimes the clients are are smarter than we. That then the agents sort of give them credit for it, meaning you know there's they're thinking things that we don't know. Um, so I, I think that's a really strong point. Is 
you know, just because the client doesn't tell us, hey, it's been hard to get a hold of you, doesn't mean that it's easy to get a hold of you, right? Right. Yeah. So, so you started looking for a team to help fill in some of those gaps to get additional support. Obviously, maybe um, you know, just just sort of lighten the load of having to wear every single hat, which is, of course, what individual agents, you know, depending on the firm they work at, hopefully the firm can help out with certain things, but. Ultimately, uh, you know, a lot of individual agents are, are doing most everything on their own from all the document uh, management to, you know, um, obviously all the marketing and, and the customer service. And then, of course, <laughs> servicing the client while they're going through the transaction and all of those things can, can be, well, it's just one person can't be good at all of that stuff, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you need a support system. Um, and I... I think every individual broker will hit a certain threshold where um, they, they start feeling less efficient and able to take on new business. Um, you know, every broker's different, every person's different. Um, you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses and um, sometimes you do have to kind of make up for whatever your weaknesses are with the supporting roles that other um, people can provide and the resources that people can provide. And again, I think as we evolve um, into the future, you know, your roles uh, as an agent are expanding and changing. And you, you know, we're we're not the same as people, and the expectations of our our roles are much different than they were ten years ago. It's funny. I was watching uh, one of your previous podcasts, and I, it wasn't part of directly part of the conversation, but you had referenced. Um, somebody who, you know, eight years ago said, made a comment in passing about how well, you know, 10 years from now, there won't be any real estate agents. Mm. There's no need for you guys. Um, and I think you guys had a good laugh about how, hey, we're still here. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I always look for some type of truth in what whatever people are saying. And, you know, to the point of, you know, the, the role of an agent and the definition of an agent 10 years ago I think has changed um, with respect to you know, what type of value we can provide our clients and what the expectations are uh, of how we how we are valuable to to the people who, who we represent. And, you know, t maybe 10 years ago, we were relied on to source properties and uh, run comparables and give buyers and sellers, you know, compared to market analysis and opinions of value, whereas, you know, we, we've really evolved into more of an advisory role today where the information is out there. Um, we, you know, I don't think there's any client out there that's technologically savvy that, that needs us to source property for them. They, or they've identify. got Zillow. <laughs> they've got Zillow. Yeah. I mean, I just anecdotally, I'm working with buyers. I set up four automated searches for them just because it's, I'm wired to do so. They're from out of town. They're come, they came in last weekend. They sent me an email. They haven't been really utilizing my automated searches. They sent me an email with 20 Zillow links that said, here's the list. Um, you know, we, we, we're scouting on our own. We, we, you know, we don't need you for that. Um, whereas, you know, when I started my career, you know, clients did need me for that. I mean, they, we were providing different types of information and, you know, now we're in a, we're in a place where, you know, we have to be able to provide what today's clients need. Um, and I think the group model is geared much more strongly towards that. Um, with We need to give, you know, 
vendor referrals. We need resources at our, at our disposal. We need, you know, they, they count on us for, for, you know, the, the trust element of being able to give them reliable inspectors, attorneys, um, contractors, you know, these are things that they, they have a more difficult time vetting. Um, when you work with a group and you've got a track record, you've got a high volume of sales, they know that you've done this repeatedly. I mean, I've worked with five or six different attorneys, you know, over the course of the year, instead of just my one go-to when I was a solo practitioner. I've worked with half a dozen to a dozen inspectors as opposed to my one go-to. Um, you know, you need to expand your, your resource base in order to uh, really serve the client well so that you can kind of pair them with um, the other facets of the transaction that they, they rely on us for, for things like that. Um, and I think even after, after the fact of, of these transactions, you want to build that also that level of layer of trust with them because that's kind of what I think creates the bond. Just having um, being their go-to for every element of owning that real estate or or selling real estate in the future, and you know I do think it's important that all the connections you can help them make um, are solid. Yeah, and that was one of the main reasons I I, I went to a group because I wanted. Um, their opinions and i wanted to to be able to feed off that because you know the wrong referral can can also cost you the client i mean we're all kind of interconnected at this point and you know that's kind of the all basis covered element of things where uh, we all have to kind of support the client um and they need to develop trust with everybody they work with on all sides uh, of the equation and if we can get them there um, I think we we retain them for forever because they they can feel that um, hey I, I can trust him and his advice and I know he's got the experience to guide me in the right directions whenever I need some some help. I think I think that is such an important point and and I want to go back to this vendor list um, sort of concept. I'm, I'm going to kind of hyper focus on it for just a minute or two because I think it's it's something that realtors can really lean into, uh, especially now when you're right, they don't need you to source properties. They've got Redfin and Zillow and Trulia and a million other public facing websites that have already done the heavy lifting about home searches. Of course, agents still need to be involved in that, obviously. But you're right, like the transaction itself might only be two or three months from start to finish, home buying or selling. And, and then there becomes all of this other work that is kind of intangible or not directly related to sales that affects every single homeowner, which is I need to get stuff fixed or built or, you know, uh, adjusted or, uh, you know, I need a service professional to come out and look at whatever. And it is, I'm a homeowner. And by the way, at our firm, we have 800 agents and we have a vendor list too, but we don't, you know, our vendor list is just for our agents. Um, but you know, we don't like how often we're updating it. It's probably not very often. So even when I need to get a service professional, I have to go to our, like, we have a Facebook group for our agents to be like, I'm looking for a plumber. And, you know, I don't even know this stuff. And so I think, you know, agents could really, uh, become super valuable after or before a sale. Um, to the to the client or the lead or whatever we want to call them, the, the relationship, I guess, is the best way to say it. And to say, hey, before you ever need any, you know, before you start making phone calls and Google searching and looking for a moving company or whatever, uh, plumber, I have got 
three great plumbers that I know are awesome. And, and I've also got great painters and I've got great accountants and blah, 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 attorneys, et cetera. And you can become routinely valuable because there's always ongoing projects at every home. Every home's got some project that's un, that's not completed yet or is about to be started or they're thinking about starting. So it really, I, I hadn't really thought of it too much. I've interviewed a ton of people on the show who, who do a big thing about vendor lists. But this idea that vendor vendors are, are always being needed by homeowners. And so if you can really lean into that, not you, of course, Cyrus, you do this, but for anyone who's listening, you know, really make this your value add um, above and beyond helping them buy or sell a home. Make this like, no, this is actually how I'm really going to be able to provide value after the transaction or even beforehand. I think that it really is, is such a cool thing because you're providing incredible value because you're saving that person time and hopefully um, any mistakes by hiring the wrong person. Yeah, and I think even with the follow-ups, you know, post-transaction, um, again, back to the point that I, our clients are probably smarter than we give them credit for, I, I think they can pretty easily tell um, the quality and um, the direction of every touch you make. And if if I'm reaching out with, hey, do you want a CMA of your property? I think they can pretty quickly sense like I'm, I'm fishing for business. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm looking out for myself and trying to make sure, sure. You know, I, I get my touches in as opposed to, um, hey, did you appeal your taxes last year? Yes. Um, that is an incredible, you, you, you incredible know, thing to suggest. To you're going to get a response yeah. every time um, when they sense that you're genuinely looking out for them and making sure that they're, you know, staying on top of their game. And, um, hey, did you have, you know, how, how's the house look? Did, you know, do you need any repairs? Are you staying on top of schedule on, on schedule with maintenance? Those types of things, those types of touches, they really sustain the bond. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. Um, you know, I know a lot of today's, um, you know, model is geared towards, I know it's the Zillow, you know, lifestyle at this point where, you know, people source and generate 90% of their business off something like that. I'm kind of the opposite. Maybe I'm a dinosaur. You know, I'm a 90% direct referral guy and, you know, 10%, um, you know, lead sourcing and whatnot. So, you know, I do have to rely on um, sustaining the bond with, with people um, after the fact. And I, I think, um, you know, if you start with the relationship in that, you know, framework, you can sustain it um, over the long term. And, you know, those are the metrics that matter to me. Um, you know, what hurts me the most uh, is is not whether I, I win a, a lead uh, at the front end. It's whether I buy someone into a property and I if, if they list with someone else, um, that to me is, um, I mean, I, I, I use it as a learning experience, but it's a failure. Sure. Um, how did I fail this client? Um, how yeah. did I how did I lose the bond with with them? Yep. Um, that's that's what I, I look at. I don't look at conversion rates and and all the, the metrics of the front end that, you know, a lot of the more very successful top producing agents, you know, th this is, um, you know, what we're, we're all numbers people at the end of the day. I mean, it, it's, it's, we like to quantify our success and, you know, it, it certainly has value and everybody needs to be able to set goals for themselves and, you know, the numbers, be it production, be it conversion, um, you know, whatever it is, 
on the front end, it's valuable, um, but I think what's invaluable is retention. And I think that's something that it's easy it's easy to lose sight of because we can become hyper-focused on generating and growing our business, um, but preserving the relationships that you've built and you know h- how to go about doing that from day one is, is what's most important to me, at least. I agree. I, I, it's, we, I was at uh, this top producer breakfast yesterday. Um, and there was some, somebody was sharing this anecdote. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. And the anecdote was, um, this top producer, top one percenter was saying, uh, he, he was talking about a friend of his, who's also a top one percenter, different person and said, this person, this other person spends about $90,000 a year on leads. And, um, the person who was speaking said he just blew his mind. And he said, boy, I would take that same 90,000 and invest it back into my sphere of influence. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? He's like, I would throw events. I'd, I'd be buying gifts. I'd be doing all sorts of fun things to help their life in, in some way, you know, or whatever way he thinks might, might add to their life, maybe experiential stuff, client events, whatever, or maybe little gifts here and there, or just, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever that means to, to him. And I thought, boy, I've never heard anybody say that exact phrase before. And it made, and and look, we have had lead companies sponsor our show. We love lead companies. So if you are a lead company who's listening, I'm, I am not anti-lead. There's a million ways to build this business. But I thought that's a really interesting idea is taking that money and and that this particular agent who said I you know I wouldn't spend ninety thousand dollars on leads he wouldn't be good at that anyway. This other person he's referencing is very good at that. So everyone can do it differently. But I thought that's so interesting. You take that same money, invest it back into your sphere, and you're going to have you know just people who love you for life because you're consistently adding value. Um, so just curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think if you can somehow play the middle, yeah, uh, you take advantage of both. Yeah, um, you know that that. Again, I mean, I do feel like we're getting caught up in this new model of, um, you know, fighting for new business and generating and growth. Um, so everyone's front of mind is is growth oriented, is lead capture, is um, how, how do I generate more opportunities? And that is extremely important, of course, for, uh, you, you know, the the agent who got their license this morning to the top producer in in, in the country. But um, if you can find some balance, um, it helps you not lose sight of the people who got you where you are today. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, pat yourself on the back, but, you know, it takes clients um, that stick with you and it, it takes uh, those people need, they need to be appreciated. They need to be remembered. Um, and they, they need to feel like, um, this is, this is a lifelong relationship that, that has to be, um, a high priority. And I, I would find a way to split it right down the middle. Sure. Um, yeah, of course I'm, none of us are ever going to be content with where we're at. We always want more, um, and we want to grow and we want to improve and, um, not just our skill set, but our client base. I mean, that's what we do this for. We're all motivated, ambitious people. Otherwise, we we wouldn't be in this field to begin with. But um, it is important. Not, not don't lose sight of um, what got you to where you're at right now. Um, that's that's something I believe firmly in. Um, you know, I'm always a little bit uh, nervous to get too big or too successful. I don't want that chip on my shoulder. 
Um, I don't want to feel like I, you know, put myself in a position to peak, um, so to speak. I mean, that's that's something that I, I feel will will cost me my edge. Yeah. Um, you know, I it's it's even kind of where I've positioned myself uh, on this team. Um, I don't know if you want to transition into something like that, but I, I you know, I'm trying to create a model where I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I like being an example. I like being a role model to some newer agents, but I also want to be able to look up to other people as well. I want a mentor for the rest of my life. I don't care if I'm the top producing agent in this country, who do I look up to, right? I mean, I, I always want to grow. I always want to learn, improve my skill set, um, figure out new tricks of the trade. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, your skill is the most important asset you have. It's not just your ability to, you know, perfect some type of model. It's how you how you serve your clients. I mean that that will reflect on on your success more than anything else. So, you know, by the same token, don't forget um, the people that that got you where you're to where you're at. And and yeah, I mean, hey, showing appreciation to them in any any way possible. Um, is always money well spent. You do you do have to spend. I mean that that's part of the game. It's a business. You spend money to make. Yep. It. And let's uh, you're an, you're an academic, or at least I consider you to be more academically minded than myself. So, um, and I mean that it, it, with the highest level of respect because uh, you, you went through the two, arguably two of the most difficult tracks, uh, law and 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 medicine. Um, and and you know, uh, and here you are. At, and I don't get to talk to a lot of of realtors who who have that that background. And so, I would love to talk about the state of the market um, because it is a goofy time. Um, yesterday, the Fed raised rates. I think it was the ninth straight time, although it was a small a small increase, twenty five basis points, I believe. Um, but um, banks are failing. We've had three banks fail in the last week uh, in this country. There's a lot of goofiness going on around, of course, lending rates are still, um, you know, higher, of course, than they were several years ago. And uh, inventory is still a challenge in, in most of the major markets in this country. And and then you have, you know, a good percentage of the population that refinanced to about 3% or 4% in the last couple of years. And that's also going to create, uh, you know, stoppages around um, listings. And, you know, I, I I worry about that for myself because I, I have one of those, you know, low, uh, low interest mortgages now. And um, I'm like, God, what's my incentive to move? Like, it, it, like it's, it's going to be tough. So I am curious. Uh, I, I think of myself more as a consumer than because I don't practice as an agent. So I am just like, I don't know what's going on out there right now, really. And I'm curious on sort of what you're seeing out there and maybe if you've made any pivots or adjustments this year to account for some of the goofiness in the market. Yeah, I mean, the conversation is definitely shifting depending on who you're talking with. Um, I think it's a little bit of an easier conversation with buyers this year. Uh, it's more of a balanced market is something I can kind of more confidently tell them. Yes, inventory is low, but a lot of buyers are, are spooked with the rates and, you know, the demand is not nearly as intense as it was a year ago or two years ago when, uh, you could basically buy a house, you know, interest free almost yeah. to the point where, you know, a car note, right. um, type of rate. So, yeah. And, and again, and I'm sure, you know, everyone's had these conversations with, their mortgage brokers and whatnot. Hey, you, you date a rate, um, and it's it's. I think it's become easier to 
discuss uh, to keep it to keep a buyer centered um, talk more about look rates are what they're going to do um, it can impede you from progressing through your life and what you're, you're you want to do and I mean if you want to become a homeowner um, you can't let an interest rate get in the way now it may um, adjust your your comfort level in terms of budget yeah, your spend yeah yeah but hey I mean that that is what it is and you know the rates could go up tomorrow and you'll be you'll have been glad you bought today and you know who, who pays a mortgage for 30 years at some point you're going to refi and you'll be watching for opportunities to to improve your payment and improve your rate I mean this is all cyclical a cyclical nature of real estate um, that, that everybody goes through over the course of their life um, but on the sell side uh, yeah I mean I, I feel you there it is a challenge um, it does make me nervous it is tough to overcome um, that primary objection well I'm paying two and a half percent now right. um, why would I ever want to sell this I've you know I've I've got equity as well, so I mean we're we're not in that 2008 mode here where you know people are underwater, over leveraged. That that's not happened here. Thank goodness. Um, pe- people are in a in a comfortable position, um, and they do feel like the market's still relatively in their favor because of the low inventory. Um, but that's not to say that other factors may start coming into play. Um, you know when we do have this level of uncertainty in the in the general macro market um you know other sectors get impacted and you know people can find themselves you know accumulating other revolving debt or uh, there's a lot of job insecurity that's come into the fold now especially in tech oh, um, br- brutal so brutal I mean, uh, quarter for tech this this uh <laughs> this year it's it's been i i just talked to a tech um recruiter yesterday and she's like she works at oracle and she in Oracle's had all sorts of layoffs as well, which I didn't realize. But, but yeah, I mean, jo- there's tremendous job insecurity right now, particularly in that sector. Yeah, and what I tend to tell sellers is, um, you know, there, there, there are there, there are leaks in this in this boat. Um, it may not feel like it to you because we're talking real estate right now, and you may have accumulated some equity. You're paying a great rate, but. Um, if if part of your plan was to trade up from this condo to this single family home, let's get it on the market. Don't let interest rates stand in the way because again, there's a cyclical nature to that, and you know there's no guarantee you won't be paying twelve percent um, when you truly can't uh, manage the space that you're living in and you're just butt bursting at the seams, um, and you don't want to wait for some of these leaks to get exposed and a higher number of sellers that feel you know compelled to 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 list their property or sell their property by force um at that point the market starts turning against you and now you know you're in a, a an oversupplied market trying to sell your property um you know just because you have leverage today and um you feel like you're in a good position you know th- this these these work in cycles um you know you don't need to time everything perfectly um, and and it's and it's almost always a trade, right? So whatever you feel like you may be losing on one end, you get back on the other end. And I I try to keep people in that perspective. But you're right, a lot of I it's tough to have conversations with people that 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 make any head headway because they're just you know, they're they're married to this low interest 
comfortable position that they have had they have right now and unless they feel there's like there's a, a substantive reason to sell um they, you know they're they're pretty pretty closed about it uh, close-minded about even considering that as an option so it, it's a tough time and yeah i mean obviously in this market we all want to be listing agents because it's just you know the side to play um so yeah i mean it's it's you know for the for the people that got into this business over the past two to three years uh you know this is a, a wake-up call and um you do have to kind of reconsider your your approach a little bit and and you know grind uh a little bit harder. yeah this you need to this is the year to grind absolutely yeah i mean you, you need to give yourself as many opportunities as possible and again i do think the balanced approach works um and that's i think the value of the group model is um you know more opportunities the better because they're it's, it's not quite as uh abundant in terms of you know the way people are responding to to conversations nowadays a lot of people are just completely shut down about it and um you're, you're kind of limited to people who are in a more pressing scenario where they are willing to forego um their you know great scenario of two and a half percent and just deal with whatever interest rate they have to pay because they have to yeah um you know, there, there's always going to be that market, but it's it's a, it's a thinner thinner pool. I think there's it's a thinner pool of of clients for sure because of the I think rates are, are you said primary objection there, and I also think it's an opportunity for agents like yourself and and our listeners to really consider to realize a couple of things that when the market thins, which it is right now to some degree. Um, Although it is improving, we've we've been seeing increased activity. I I so I'm excited uh, for that. Um, but for everyone, seems to be struggling a little bit right now, agent wise. Um, but I think it's it's a good opportunity to pick up market share because I will tell you, um, we have another company which is a holding company for agents that aren't actively practicing, and. Uh, we started this company just to give you guys an idea of of, of just how how crazy this is. So we st this is for people who don't practice real estate but want to keep their license active. Okay, so I'm just that's what a holding company is. I don't know if every state allows it, but in Illinois we allow that. So we started this uh, about eight I don't know eight or nine years ago because people would leave our company and leave the industry, and we were like, oh, what are you doing with your license? Oh, I'm taking to a holding company. Well, we learned what a holding company was, and then we were like, oh, we can we can do that. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up. In the last, so we do almost no marketing for this. We just like send out emails to agents going, if you're not practicing, you know, do this. That's literally all we've done, ever done for this holding company. Um, in the last, uh, since the beginning of the year, we have added 120 new agents to the holding company, which now puts our holding company at about 900 agents, which is actually bigger than our actively producing company, which has 800 agents. So we are seeing a mass exodus of, of realtors uh, leaving the industry. Now the top agents aren't leaving, of course, but we're, we're seeing smaller producers, the onesie, twosie, the half, you know, the, the part-time agents starting to fall away and join firms like, like our, our holding company, which is great for our holding company. Um, but it's really a telling sign for the, for the industry that here in Chicago, we've got about 46,000 realtors. And, um, you know, uh, we're, I think we think we're the largest holding company now, but we're not the only one and the other ones must be flourishing as well. And so that being said, it's a great time to pick up market share. And I think it's a great time 
for realtors like your like yourself, Cyrus, you obviously are, are doing this. You just answered the question about you know what do you do in a low interest rate environment? What what do you say to people who who have are stuck in these rates and are feeling like kind of almost hamstrung? Like I I maybe I'd like to move, but you know I don't want to um, double my rate. And and having those conversations, I think, is really important. And an agent can do that now because people are thinking about it, right? People are thinking, especially if you bought your home two years ago, right? You're, you're probably now at that point where you're settled to your home and now you're starting to think about what's next. Maybe you're, you're in your forever home and doesn't matter, you're, you're good. But most of us, you know, aren't in our forever home. So this idea of like now it's maybe a couple years in, especially if you bought during that time or refinance at that time. Now it's like, okay, what's next? And you're not sure. And guidance and help and education is so critical. And it's just, I don't want to have to, I don't want to really have to go to a news source to learn about what interest rates are doing and, and what the market is doing. Like, I really just want my or, or rather, I'll give a different example. When I go to do my taxes every year, I don't really want my accountant just going, send me your receipts and um, you know I'll do the taxes because she does that anyway. I want her to be like, hey, I have an idea for you. Like That's what I always want. Like, oh, here's a way to save more money or here's a deduction you didn't know about. Now, does she always do that? No. But I, I would probably pay her more if she, if she said, well, I'm going to add on some additional fees, but this year, this next year, I'm going to give you all these other ideas. I would absolutely pay that because I, I think we're all looking for guidance uh, and help, um, especially around this. And, and this is where I think the value of the realtor really comes in is this, if you can say, here's why you still may want to consider going from a 3% rate to a 6.5% rate or whatever it might be today. And you might say, that might sound crazy, but hear me out. I actually have some logic here about why that could actually make sense, right? Like that's a really compelling narrative. And I think you know, and it doesn't have to be a perfectly told story with like, it's a slam dunk to obviously, you know, trash your good mortgage for, for, for one that's a little bit tougher, but, um, people are thinking about that stuff anyway. So I think now is the time to engage in those conversations. Curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. And, um, to your point that, you know, some of the part, the part-time crowd is sort of thinning out. Um, I think a lot of people who, um, became accustomed to kind of starting on step two with clients, like you, they're already kind of committed to, to making the move. Um, you know, th those are the, that, that's the low hanging fruit for those who stuck around because a lot of those agents are either just dropping out of the industry, um, literally or figuratively. They're, they're disengaging with a lot of these prospects because, um, they're not, they're not adept at having that initial conversation because they, they never had to before. Um, so I, I think it is a time where um, the, you know, the market is looking for um, knowledge and insight and guidance, um, but more than anything else, just some, someone to just bounce ideas off of or someone to just be actively in communication with. So I, I think you can find yourself um, cultivating a lot of relationships now that were tougher to, to source um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, uh, anyone's you know uncle could have sold a house two years ago, and you know how wh where was the value of being in a group or a top producer or having a track record at that point? It didn't matter when a house was selling itself, and you know everyone wanted to buy and sell, but 
when we're in a little tougher market to navigate, that's where um, the value really comes into play and your experience and being able to talk, you know, whether you know in today's market or um, reference, you know, again, a previous cycle or, or something to that effect where you can, you can really inform um, people about the general nature of, of real estate and how it does cycle through and, and give them a little bit of a broader perspective of, of how the market works and, and kind of reassure them that, you know, you know it's, there's never a perfect time. Um, it's, it's about your life and, you know, you can make adjustments um, in the, in any moment at any given time. Um, so you, you don't have to sit on the fence. And I think a lot of people are just kind of hanging out on this fence and they're not getting any good advice from, from the people they started talking with initially because they haven't been through this. Um, and they, they don't have enough experience, um, to, to really guide them through, you know, there, there isn't a, a reference point yeah. for, for some of these agents to be able to say, look, I mean, you know, I went through this uh, back in 2010 with somebody or 2015. And um, at the end of the day, you just, you know, you make the most of the, of the current situation and you don't let that deter you from what you're trying to uh, do with your, with your life and with the, your timing. Um, you know, a lot of people are, um, you know, kind of stalling on other elements of their life. Maybe they, if they don't feel like they want to sell their condo and buy a house. Then is it, can they start a family? Um, are they postponing getting married? I mean, everything kind of, you know, ties into each other, um, in terms of, um, people's, you know, natural progression through life. So I, I do think it's, it's valuable. We become more valuable, um, by just being someone that, that can even listen yeah. um, more than anything else. Yeah. You're, you are, you are so right. Um, I I have just one this idea of listening is is important because I think especially when it's outside of the sale, right? So like outside of the sales transaction cycle, you know, how can you still be a listener a year after the home was sold or bought, right? And 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 that's really a a really important skill because if your cli- if your client knows every year or however often, you know, you might reach out to people that you've previously worked with, um, if every year they know, oh, my, my guy checks in on me or, or my, my woman or, or whoever, right. My agent checks in on me and, and make sure that I, everything's okay. Make sure that I'm doing okay. You know? And then if, if I want an updated sort of, here's what my home is worth, I can go to my agent. They can figure that out for me. If I need a plumber, if I need to know what's going on with this fed rate increase, I can call my agent, you know, agent being the consultant or the the answer person versus just the person that says, this is the home that you want, right? Because we know that people can make that decision mostly by themselves. Although obviously, you know, agents are critical for that as well. But um, I have one, just one question for you. And I always love, I I just started wanting to do this uh, in in more recent episodes because we want to humanize all of, you know, you're, you're a top producer, you're, you're, you're a superstar, you work on a superstar team. Um, What's a mistake that you've made with a client or in your business that you wish you hadn't or or a mistake that that you know something that you can share so that we can bring you down to our reality of imperfection <laughs> but tell us uh tell us something that you did that uh that um you know that was a mistake oh man i mean where do i even begin <laughs> i uh 
everything I've done well um, has been the result of about a dozen things I've done poorly. So, yeah. Um, I, I think just trying to be someone I'm not or trying to be an expert in something I'm not, um, that's kind of come back to, to bite me quite, quite a handful of times. Um, you know, the ego can get in the way sure. and um, I've been asked to, to list or advise on properties um, that I just don't have the first clue about and I need to educate myself um, prior, but I, I take it on because um, I, I want to. I mean, I, um, I, I sold about 20 parcels of land last year um, in Moni, Illinois. And, you know, until the client called me and, and told me about them, I didn't know where that was on the map. I, I've never um, heard of that. <laughs> yeah. That's how, and that's how far away it must be. <laughs> it, it's pretty far away. And, um, you know, I, it took me about two and a half years to sell it because it took me about a year and a half to figure out what I was selling, um, in the process. <laughs> so I did kind of make an ass out of myself on that. Fortunately, some of the parcels were, um, you know, $10,000 a piece and, and the client was very patient with me, but, um, yeah, I've been getting calls from hog farmers about, um, <laughs> you know, cattle capacity or pole barns and whatnot. Um, you, you know, I, I would say, you know, my biggest mistakes are not, not teaching myself or not looking for guidance, um, on something that I am not experienced with, um, before committing yeah. to, to trying to sell them, um, or, or, you know, represent someone on a, on a purchase. It's, uh, you know, you, you can, you can get yourself into a little bit of soup there. Um, but I, yeah, I've, I've done it a handful of times. Sometimes it's, it's how I end up learning about what I'm, what I'm, uh, lacking in terms of knowledge, but, um, Be yeah, better, better to I, learn before the client. <laughs> in, in, yeah. In, in hindsight, I would probably want to uh, work with someone experienced, um, first, before I jump in the pool with uh, with a client, so I, you know, back to the serve your clients well uh, principle. Um, you know, learning on the fly isn't always the, the best move, and I've made an ass out of myself uh, several times. Just uh, you know, kind of picking it up as I go. Well, it's okay. We're all human. We all screw up all the time, right? So it's just uh, uh, it's a matter of learning and moving on. And I appreciate you uh, sharing, uh, being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, and it's a, it's a good lesson too. It's like, hey, if you get this commercial opportunity and you're like, I don't know about this. I don't know what this is. I don't know. I don't even know what this sector means. Uh, yeah, maybe pass it over to someone else. Not you, I'm saying. I'm saying in general, if, if you find yourself in this situation, um, save yourself a lot of headache and uh, find someone else to refer it to. And then you can learn alongside them uh, and still earn a part of the commission. But I get it. It's it's We all want to say yes to everything. Of course we do. Everybody does. Um, it's like when somebody comes in and goes, you know, wants to interview with us. We have eight, about 800 agents and they go, would you guys accept me? I'm like, oh, we'll accept you. Um, it's more of a matter of whether we'll meet your needs uh, because we want to say yes to everyone too, right? And that's gotten us into trouble as well. We've had we brought on agents. We're like, oh, what were we thinking? That was dumb. So, so I, I get it. Even even brokerages make these kind of errors. It, it's all just part of part of growing. And um, Cyrus, I really appreciate uh, your time, and and I really just love how how steady you are in your business, and how how sort of just you know you're not like a glitz and glam flash guy, which I love because those those types of people tend to get the most publicity or the most press. Um, but 
it can be tough. Um, those conversations I've had with people like that can be difficult because it's harder to get into the meat of like what they actually do because there's so much of an image component associated with that. And I love the fact that you're like, I'm just me. Um, obviously, you're a very educated person, which I think also uh, allows you to provide additional content. Um, thank you. Somebody just gave us a nice comment there uh, on our live stream. So thank you for that. But anyway, this is a great place to wrap up. Now, if anyone out there, by the way, is has clients who are moving to the Chicagoland area and you are looking for a, a realtor to refer those clients to, Cyrus would love the opportunity to work with you. He obviously is works for one of the biggest teams in Chicago. He's a top producer himself. He's highly educated, super, super well-respected in, in our community. Um, so uh, Cyrus, if there is another agent, and by the way, and I don't know if I'm speaking for Cyrus, so don't, Cyrus, correct me if I am wrong, but if you are also thinking about maybe joining a team and want to talk to Cyrus about that journey, maybe consider joining the group he's with, which is an awesome group, by the way, uh, Mario Greco group. Um, if if you're an agent you want to reach out to you, or if you're an agent who might have a referral for you, what would be the best way somebody would reach out to you? Yeah, feel free to reach out uh, directly to me, Cyrus at mggroupchicago.com. I'm very accessible. We have a great website. Um, we have an awesome team, great model, um, just some brilliant people, and it's a lot of fun to work alongside um, some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with. And it's a good group. You know, there's a reason I've been here for eight years, and um, I'm looking forward to the next eight. Yeah, I've, I have learned uh, more in the past uh, couple of years. Uh, or actually I learned more in the first year with this group than I did in my first 11. Um, Another so if you big want... reason to consider partnering up with the team is you just get to learn from avatars in some cases, like in your case, you're working for literally a legend, uh, in this, in this Chicago industry and, or Chicago, a uh, real estate industry. So also everyone, before you sign off today, we, first of all, we want to thank Cyrus for being on the show. Yes. He's awesome. He's great. He gave us thank his time. DJ. Really appreciate him on behalf of the audience. Thank you, uh, Cyrus. And also on behalf of Cyrus and myself, we want to thank the listeners and the viewers and everyone who checks out our show. We are so grateful for you. The reason we do this is because thank goodness you are so kind and tell other people about it because we don't do any marketing. So thank you. I mean, I should, I'm a marketing guy. I should figure out how to do that. But in the meantime, thank you for doing it for me. Um, so please tell a friend. That's the only thing we ask. Tell just one other realtor about the show. Send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode can be streamed and of course, run every podcast directory. And I've, we've got some really cool stuff coming up for this year. So maybe some contests, maybe some giveaways. Um, all sorts of fun things from some of our vendors. So stay tuned. We'll have more information there. And we have a new show that we're launching uh, here in a week or so, which I haven't even mentioned until now. So I'll talk about that shortly. Anyway, on behalf of everyone here, Cyrus, again, thank you so much. You're awesome. We appreciate you. And uh, again, if you're an agent and you want to refer any business to Cyrus, he would love to chat with you. So reach out to him. And if also, if you're a buyer or seller and you're in the Chicagoland area, reach out to Cyrus as well. You know, we may have some non-realtors listening um, who want to learn about top realtors. And of course, Cyrus is. So reach out to him and he's a great guy and just super kind and super smart as well. Um, all right, Cyrus, thank you so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you for having me. Oh, 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 o